Hey Hope family, wasn't it nice to have Worship Wednesday in audio form? Looking forward to that being a regular part of Hope Daily here in 2021. As for my part in this thing, I'm going to be spending Mondays and Fridays with you and for the next four weeks I'll be using that time to discuss how we read the Bible. In the fall of 2018, Dan Line and I drove out to St. Louis, Missouri through one of the worst snowstorms I've ever, or probably the worst snowstorm I've ever driven through. The last two hours of that drive took about six hours as I had to frequently pull over to the side of the road and remove ice from our windshield wipers. But most of that information is actually secondary to my point. We were there for a conference called the National Youth Workers Convention. While there, I bought a book called How We Read the Bible, Eight Ways to Engage the Bible with Our Students, written by Matt Laidlaw. I've used this book with our youth group, our young adults, and in my personal Bible reading. It's probably the most practical ministry book I have read. So, I recommend you buy it. It's a great resource for people actively trying to engage the Bible with others, whether you're a youth worker, a pastor, or a parent, or in any way working with younger generation, trying to get them to engage in scripture. But it's been an effective tool for personal growth as well. And a bonus, if you actually buy one today from Amazon, you may even have it in time for Monday when we take a look at the first way to engage the Bible. But even if you don't buy it, the next eight Hope Dailies will be inspired by that book. Before we get there, though, I wanted to make a case for Bible reading. And maybe that's a little weird to do on a podcast that is for biblical devotions. If you're listening, you probably already think the Bible is important. But I'm going to reinforce that thought anyway. And we'll be doing so by taking a look at Psalm chapter 1. There, David says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in its seasons, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Here David differentiates between the blessed or righteous man and the wicked man. The main difference is that the blessed man delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. The word blessed in Hebrew literally is happy. So You are happy if you meditate in the law of the Lord day and night. Another idea behind that word blessed, like when we look at the, or when we looked at the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, and Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the merciful. An idea behind that is that they have an advantage in life. And so the advantaged in life are the ones who delight in the law of the Lord, meditate on it day and night. And I love the picture that he paints of the one who delights and meditates on the law. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. 
there's a lot that we could dig into there. The law is all of scripture. We obviously have more of that scripture to delight in and meditate on than David did. But to delight is to love the law, to enjoy it, to see its worth and to value it. To meditate is to ponder it, to think about what it says, but to go deeper and to think about its implications on your life. As Christians, we are freed from a dutiful compliance to God's word, and instead we are invited into relationship with the word of God, which the author of Hebrews tells us is active and living. What are the benefits of meditating on what are the benefits of meditating and delighting in God's law? In a word, I would say rootedness. Now, that's not uh, a great word, one that we use all the time. So maybe David's picture is better. David describes a tree planted close to a vital source of water. Because of this, its leaves never wither. Its fruit always arrives in season. That it is always alive. That it is full of life. And that it functions the way it was designed to function. And this tree is contrasted with the chaff, which is dried up and blown here and there by the gentlest breeze. Delighting in and meditating on God's word gives us a firm foundation. In a world that is constantly blown in different directions, where there is a new formula for the good life with each generation, we can stand firm knowing that the true path to the good life is found in God's word. By meditating on God's word, Thinking through the implications of what is put forth by the prophets and apostles, we grow in wisdom. Our circumstances are still affected by principalities and powers of this world, but our hearts and minds are secure even in the midst of dire circumstances. When I think of those whom David describes as chaff blown by the wind, I'm reminded of God's words to Israel in Leviticus chapter 26. God has made a covenant with his people, and he warns those who would depart from their loyalty to him and his word in verses 36 and 37, where he says, The sound of a driven leaf shall put them to flight, and they shall flee as one flees from the sword, and they shall fall when none pursues. They shall stumble over one another as if to escape a sword, though none pursues, and you shall have no power to stand before your enemies. When we delight and meditate in God's word, we can stand firm and stand confident. But when we abandon God's word, fear rules the day. This certainly describes our world, one driven by fear. But I believe it often describes many within the church as well. So let us commit ourselves to delighting and meditating on God's word. Let us leave behind dutiful compliance and enter into a loving relationship with a God who has not left us alone, but has given us his word. I recognize that there are still obstacles in the way for many. The argument may be convincing. Yes, we should meditate and delight on God's word. But how do we do that? So over the next few weeks, we will take a look at different approaches to engaging with the word of God. Lord, we thank you for your word, that you have not left us on our own, but that you have given us wisdom to be gleaned from your word, that we can take it, we can hold it before us, and we can uh, keep it at the forefront of our minds, and we can meditate on it day and night. Lord, I pray that you would make that our heart's desire, that we would be sensitive to your Spirit's call in how we do that, 
pray that you would help us not to just go through the motions, but that you would give us hearts that have fallen in love with you and with your word, and that we would see the fruit of that in our own lives.